0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a Week 16 edition of the Coach McVeigh Show. Live from Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks, my name is J.B. Longshot McVeigh is with me, DeMarco Farr is not and we've been waiting for this opportunity at least I have because DeMarco usually a punctual person and Sean I understand you have some very strict rules for your uh, staff and your players when it comes to showing up on time
1: that's right we you know we talk about it we don't have many rules but the ones that we do have we implement and we're very serious about them and the number one is be on time and if something starts at let's just say it's an eight o'clock meeting we don't care if you're there 10 minutes early or if you're there at 759 and 59 seconds on time is on time and clearly DeMarco is going to get fined from us. <laughs>
0: what, kinda, get, door, door, yeah, right what kind of... As he walks in the door. he's walking in right now. What kind of punishment are we looking at here, Sean?
1: Well, uh... Is it going to hurt his pocketbook? I think it might. You know, okay. we, we take the players' money. You know, Uh-oh. they understand we've all got standards. The standard's the standard. What the heck, man? Merry Christmas. Come on. <laughs>
2: Gosh, <laughs> I could have watched Titanic. <laughs> wow, all that traffic. <laughs> Good evening, DeMarco. and welcome. Evening. We're just getting started, so yeah. jump right in. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Hell of a win up there. Uh, Exciting. The guys, the
1: guys did a great job. Yeah. You know, you, sometimes you can feel it, it had a similar feel to the way that our team felt before the London game. Uh they just kind of had a good look in their eye. There was just a good demeanor in pregame warmups and really the whole week leading up to it. And uh and you know they demonstrated that by playing a great game all around. Special teams offense and defense and it was a great response, you know, after a tough one against Philly last week.
0: Are you ever wrong on that one? Like do you ever see it in their eye and think this is going to go great and it goes the other way or you is know, that pretty I, spot on?
1: Well, this year have been pretty spot on yeah. with those two games, but you know, I our guys always have a good look and a good demeanor. And they've responded the right way. The one thing that you did feel confident about our group, JB, is that after every loss we've had, the response has been exactly like we want in terms of just the way they've handled the week of preparation, the approach, and then the performance has been where you follow it up with wins. And I think that mental toughness that our team consistently seems to demonstrate and display is a big trade and a big characteristic of good teams, and that's something that's you know kind of something that we really value, and I think it's becoming part of our identity.
2: Coaching off good tape. I mean, that was fun tape to watch watch all three phases offense defense a lot of wild plays special teams uh, pharaoh cooper Uh, coaching off good tape keeping guys uh, focused on getting better when they see stuff like that talk about that for
1: yeah that's great it it really was you need to talk about a total complete team effort uh, for the defense to be able to sack russell wilson seven times force two turnovers five of the seven sacks come on a four-man rush the other one was on a five-man man coverage rush so I mean, just can't say enough about their effort. The coverage on the back end I thought was outstanding. Just really Wade and his staff. The the game plan they put together was was incredible. They did an outstanding job. I think John Fossil continues to demonstrate what a special coach he is. Uh, the the return units specifically the punt return unit and the amount of yards and production that they had as a group uh, unbelievable. And then I thought offensively uh, the guys did a great job of capitalizing on some of the short fields in the field position that the offense or that the defense and the special teams set up and. And then you look at, uh, you know, the, the offensive line being able to control the line of scrimmage, and then what Todd was able to do yesterday was special.
0: We will dissect all three phases tonight on the Coach McVeigh show, reflecting on the win in Seattle and looking ahead to Tennessee. Two games up on the division with two to play. Would have been great to have clinched already, of course, but the fact that you need a win to take care of it yourself does that help keep a group laser focus coming off of a huge emotional high in seattle it does and, and
1: i think there's there's still a lot to play for nothing's guaranteed we know what a great team tennessee is and they've got a lot to play for as well you know they're they're continuing to to stay in the hunt they're at eight and six right now they know they need to continue to win games uh to get themselves in the playoffs so we understand the importance for both sides and, and we've got to do a great job of, of making sure that we regain our focus and we talked about it today mature teams find a way after a big emotional win like that to have that same focus and concentration that we had going into the Seattle game for a very important deal and, and we got a lot to play for I mean when you look at what's at stake for our team I uh, don't think you need to give them much motivation other than uh, this is a t-shirt and hat possible game for us if, if we win this game then then we're getting that t-shirt and hat
2: well excuse the tardy guy maybe you guys covered this but winning up there what do you think it does for the team's psyche? I mean, I, I, and the way you won up there.
1: Yeah, I think it was a big confidence booster for us. I think you you look at the respect we have for the Seattle Seahawks just in general, but then going up there on the road, the, the you know that atmosphere, that environment, the success that they've had under Coach Carroll's leadership, uh, and really you know the team that's won the division three out of the last four years. It was a big step in, in terms of trying to finish the job of winning the division. Certainly haven't done that yet. There's a lot of things that that could play out, but what one of the nice things about yesterday's result is is that you don't really have to watch anybody else. You know that if you go handle your business this week against a great Tennessee Titans opponent, uh, then, then we, uh, then we become division champs.
0: No style points awarded for the margin of victory, but what it did allow you to do is rest some key pieces in a fourth quarter in mid-December. That's a rare opportunity.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, you never anticipate a game playing out like that. I know we were confident going into it, but I think the players did a great job and, and we were able to capitalize on some short fields like we mentioned and, and get some points, but to be able to have a lot of those guys out in the fourth quarter, I think does a, does a a lot of things where it gets those guys rest, but then it enables some of those younger players or guys that are coming off the bench to get reps that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And those game reps are invaluable for them to draw on that experience uh, I thought it offered a unique opportunity for some other guys to step up, specifically on defense. Uh, you really look at Troy Hill and Corey Littleton when Mark Barron goes out. Uh, really pleased with their efforts yesterday. And and then when those guys came in for Whitworth and Sullivan and then, the, you know, Tavon and, and Malcolm spelled, uh, spelled Todd when we took him out. So uh, Sean Mannion did a nice job. It was it was it was, a, it was exciting.
2: I just love the little battle towards the end, like which guy is going to come out, Sullivan or, or Saffold? Yeah. Okay, you go. Okay, no, I'll go. Okay, you go. Right. Yeah, I'll keep playing there. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: you know, Roger's such a special player. He's had such a great year. I think it was more along the lines of when you've got seven guys up, uh, what position does uh, Daryl Williams feel most comfortable at? And then Austin Blyce done a good job of getting a lot of reps and really, you know, John was fighting the fighting, uh, you know, an illness this week and gutsy performance from him and, and he played outstanding yesterday.
0: So Mark Barron, the only one coming new to the injury report this week, as yeah, I understand, yeah, it
1: you know, Mark fighting through a lot of little, little things here and there. He's such a tough competitor, but, you know, he's doing everything he can to compete. I think when you just look at the weather, JB, sometimes that knee was just bothering him a little bit, and, and you know, he was... To, to Mark's credit, he you know, he's going to always play and gut it out, but he just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be as effective and I don't want to hurt the team and got a lot of confidence in Corey's ability to step up, and that's exactly what he did yesterday. Hell,
2: he emptied the joints. I'm just talking about Seattle. I mean, at the end, it was just a collection of Rams fans. What a treat for them. The people that have made that trip time in and time in and – Left disappointed. They were the early leavers. Now they get to sit and enjoy. What a treat for your fans.
1: That was really cool. It was great to see that support, but what a, what an awesome environment and atmosphere. Even in pregame, you know, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't mm-hmm. know what will. What a great, just the, the whole football atmosphere. You look at their fans have a lot of respect for, for Coach Carroll and, and the way that he operates, but that was a unique deal. I had been there before a handful of years back, but then you just look at the success that they've had specifically over the last handful of years, winning a world championship and stuff like that. Those fans understand football. They know how to cheer. That's a special atmosphere.
0: You spent a lot of this season trying to keep your group focused and not be distracted by potential implications or stakes or any of those things. Now you're kind of at the point in the season where you can almost let that ride. You can let their knowledge of the situation motivate them,
1: right? We don't shy away from the opportunities we have, just like we knew yesterday was a big game for us. Uh, you know you embrace the moment we talk about season and we never fear failure you know you try to go attack success and uh, we do want to keep that one game at a time mindset and early on in the season it's extremely important but as you get to the latter half of the season uh, when you've done a good job of winning enough games to to continue to still be relevant and now you're talking about uh, the opportunity that we have at hand you know you don't shy away from a chance to try to go win another game and what what number 11 would mean for us is is a division championship and, and that's something that you embrace and, and really it's an opportunity for us to to go see if we can accomplish a big goal.
0: On the road at Tennessee, it's week 16 ahead, and we will preview it with Coach McVeigh as this show continues. Coming up next, a deep dive into the offensive performance and the MVP candidacy of Todd Gurley. We're coming at you from Kyle Lutheran and Thousand Oaks to Marco Far, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVeigh. More after this on ESPN LA. Continue from Cal Lutheran, the Rams facility, to Marco Farr, J.B. Long. We just heard the Robert Woods touchdown, so why don't we start there with the return of uh, what was the Rams' leading receiver when he went down with his injury uh, in Minneapolis. Must have been great to have Rob back in your lineup. It
1: was. It was really good to have Robert back, you know, From a leadership standpoint, what he provides and and just understanding of the offense getting guys situated and he did a great job. Very productive, efficient day, and a lot of good things that he did without the ball as well. You look at on Tavon's around the block that he made where he actually blocked three guys. Uh, you know, Robert's a special player, special person, and it was definitely a big boost to our offense to be able to get him back out there.
2: I thought that was the key. Great blocking all over the field.
1: It really was. You know, Demarco, when you look at it as a whole, just so pleased with our, our, our effort up front, guys on the perimeter. You know, you talk about guys competing for each other and really uh, playing as a unit. I thought that really showed up in all three phases yesterday and uh, specifically offensively, you look at the way that we were able to block a very good defense like that consistently and then Todd's ability to run the football and, and see things and then uh, when you give him some space, you see why he's such a special talent and, and he did a great job yesterday.
0: Yeah, nice job uh, crowdsourcing the game plan going into Seattle. That was a bold move. Just yeah. let the fans decide, right? There you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have to chuckle because Todd is second in the NFL I think in total touches, but the appetite for more Gurley seems to be there for everyone throughout this fan base yeah
1: you know I think really it's just maintaining that level of balance and when the ball's in Todd's hands good things have happened you know he's got over 1800 yards all purpose this year 17 touchdowns leading the league so uh you know you always want to be mindful of getting him going early in games getting him opportunities and then the line get ex- they get excited too when they're able to get some movement get onto the second level on some of our perimeter runs and some of those wide zones and you know, it allows them to get settled in as well. So it ends up being good for everybody. It sets up some of the stuff off the play-action game. And uh, any time that you're able to run the football efficiently like that, uh feel really good, and, and uh, Todd did a great job yesterday. Uh, these
0: questions are always unfair for head coaches because you don't survey the whole league and study everyone's stats. But if I said Todd Gurley for MVP, could you make that case? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think if you just look at it from a production standpoint and what he's meant to our team and the success we've had, any time that you're talking about an individual player for an award like that, it is a credit to the unit. And I know Todd would be the first one to tell you that, but, uh, Todd has played outstanding. You know, he's got over 600 yards receiving, uh, over 1100 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns. You know, he's got 13 rushing, four receiving. So he's doing it in a lot of ways. And then he also is blocking really well. You know, you look at some of the things he's doing in protection on Robert Woods, third down and six. They bring a man pressure and you watch he ends up fitting the linebacker up in the hole and, and takes him off his feet actually. So uh, Todd's, Todd's done a great job. And, and when you just look at it from a number standpoint, I'm obviously going to be biased because, of how strongly I feel about Todd and really our team, but I think he's done a great job and I think it's legitimate that
2: he's in that conversation. Going in standing up on the goal line, the first thing you do is turn around and thank your line. I mean, that's that's push. That's creating holes. Yep. That's creating separation up front. That's how yeah, you work.
1: it. Really? It was impressive. Just some of the runs that they were able some of the space that they were able to create against a great front. And and they did a great job. And, and Todd did a great job seeing things the right way. I thought Jared managed the game extremely well. When you look at some of the things that you go have to deal with in that atmosphere, in that environment, I thought it was a great uh, job by Jared commanding the huddle great communication in the noise and then the players being able to handle it with poise and concentration and i thought we handled that really well uh,
0: extreme lack of penalties which i thought was really impressive to your point about the atmosphere there in two areas in particular nothing really pre-snap to speak of yeah. on offense and then given what you did in the return game to not take a single block in the back it was it's, incredible that's been
1: a big point of emphasis for bone <clears throat> excuse me for bones and those guys and You can see he he does a great job coaching it, emphasizing it, and then it translates where our practice preparation equals our game reality. And the guys understand how things are being officiated. And I think being able to give that clarity to the players is one of the best things that, that we can do as, as a coaching staff is make sure that they clearly understand how we want to execute things, what we're trying to get done,
2: and then to utilize the proper fundamentals and techniques. And and they did that. 14 to 21, 122 touchdowns and the pick. Um, but you score 40 points. You got two from the defense, but uh, is that one of those where you say, well, you weren't needed today or is that just the flow of the football game i think
1: it was just efficient good quarterback play by him the, the pick was a terrible play call by me on the fourth and one uh, and he's just competing right there to give his guys a chance and it was kind of a ricochet where will hoyt ends up getting the, getting the pick right there but i thought jared's ability to just command the offense and then to our defense's credit into the special teams we had so many short fields that really you know the yardage is not really indicative of how efficient our offense played to be able to go four for six in the red zone was big against a team that's been really good in the red zone this year and uh, they're a tough defense and and I thought just Jared's ability to manage and and take command of the huddle command the game really uh, was impressive and he continues to mature week in and week out and we feel really good about Jared and where he's at.
0: How unique is it to have starting field position like that? Where I'm not sure you took a snap in your own territory in the entire first quarter.
1: Yeah, it, it's it was unbelievable. And and I thought, you know, you can't say enough about the punt return unit as a whole. All those guys, we gave them game balls because of the way they contributed. And I told uh, I told Pharaoh, it's a nice little uh, Christmas present that you gave Todd a six inch touchdown run. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so that was good. But but uh, those guys did a great job. And and to be able to come away and, and have those short fields to operate with. And then when you do not, when when you don't end up scoring touchdowns, but you settle for a couple field goals, uh, to be able to rely on Greg is is very uh, refreshing. Uh,
2: You know, I mean, putting in the backups and guys getting ready to work, Corey Littleton, I know we're going to flip the defense, but having guys ready to play in a moment's notice, that all speaks to preparation.
1: It really does. It speaks to the players and it also speaks to our coaching staff. I think when you look at Wade and, you know, specifically when when you talk about Corey, you look at Joe Barry and Chris Shula did a great job. They get those guys ready to go and, and you can see the meetings. Everything is very intentional. Guys don't waste a single minute and and everything that we do is geared towards trying to make sure that the players feel comfortable executing what we're asking them uh given the situation and the circumstance and and that's a that's a great opportunity for Corey to step up and deliver like he did uh and then it's also a great demonstration of our coaches having those guys ready to go
2: it was an interesting lesson I mean going back to Arizona when you had Ogletree get hurt and he Mm -hmm. stayed out there and then Barron says okay I don't think I can go today so let me get the other guy in that's also tough to do let me let the other guy play because I don't want to hurt the defense.
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, you talk about toughness, you know, mentally, physically, Mark Barron is as tough as they come. And I thought it's, it, represented a maturity and a real self-awareness on his part to be able to say that and then i think also in mark he probably would say it's because of the confidence he has in Corey littleton and and those guys they support each other they they, they do a great job of kind of being on the same page communicating and you know mark's been a great player for us this year and uh, we certainly always want to have mark out there if we can but when you do have a great player like Corey littleton backing him up you feel good about oh, that. what school did he go to
2: Littleton. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The border of football. I told you.
0: <laughs> this is the Week 16 edition of the Coach McVay Show coming off a win at Seattle, getting prepared for Tennessee. The 10-win Rams are on the road one more time in this regular season. Uh, Coach McVay, you have so many weapons on offense. I'm wondering, going into a game, based on the game plan, do you have a sense of which ones might be featured, or which ones might have a chance to have a big day? Or is it a surprise to you as the game unravels as well?
1: You always kind of go into it with the, with the mindset that, you know, you want to try to get certain guys involved. And, you know, when you, when you call certain plays, especially just throwing the football, you have in mind who's going to be the primary and and different things like that. And and you're trying to get that to those guys, but you just never know. And that's where, you know, we, we tell Jared, you know, you just do a good job of letting whatever the defense presents dictate where you go with the football and you don't ever want to get caught forcing it. But we've got such a well-rounded group of skilled players. Like you said, uh, you don't necessarily have to Force feed one guy, but you want to make sure that you get everybody involved spread the spread it around and, and I think Jared's done a great job distributing the ball consistently all year and and then obviously in the run game
2: uh, can 't get enough touches to my man Todd How did you get better this week? I remember the week before we were talking about you need to improve, so did you see improvement in yourself this week
1: that 's a good question you know I, I think I think what, what you always want to try to do, especially as a, as a head coach, you know, you want to listen, learn and lead. And I think we were able to learn from some of the mistakes. I was able to learn from some of the mistakes that you make against Philly. Uh, you kind of correct those things. You move forward. I thought the decision making was a little bit better throughout the game. Uh, two for two on the challenges. Thanks to, uh, Coach Pleasant and, and Coach LaFleur. They did a great job there, but, uh, I think that was an improvement. And then the one thing that I think you're really proud of your team is when we end up taking the timeout, these things start to get a little chippy you bring the guys over and the way that they responded and handled themselves when we've seen that those situations can sometimes get out of hand uh, is a great demonstration of their poise, their character and and I thought they did a great job there so I think you're just proud to be associated with it so I do think in some areas we we definitely improved especially as a coaching staff
0: That timeout conversation was a popular question for our Audible segment a lot of our audience wants to know what you had to say to that group. We'll save that for an upcoming segment here on the Coach McVay Show. You said you didn't like the fourth and one call that turned into a golf interception why not
1: it's funny my dad you know he's, he's the most supportive dad I couldn't ask for anyone better but he did tell me when I talked to him after the game he said that was a terrible fourth and one call But you do, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're tough because you ended up throwing it on the next third and one and then Robert Woods on the third down and two. But I think really when you're just aware of the situation, how short it was, the way we were getting some good movement, probably could have given them another run. And then, you know, they had shown that they were going to play some zone deals in the, in those types of situations. And they did a great job defending the boot. And and that really, that's why you say it wasn't a very good call right there.
2: There's nothing tougher than your family, not even the media. I know. They're getting right to it. They're the
1: most supportive, but they're also the most real. Right. Oh, you stunk today, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Right. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. my dad. You better have alligator thick skin when you're talking to my dad. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: it's kind of cliche. There's nothing in the play sheet for third down and twenty plus, yep. and yet a couple times this year you've scored on third down and twenty plus. Third and
1: thirty three, and third and twenty yesterday. That one was exactly what I thought would happen. Really? No, not a chance.
0: <laughs> no. I,
1: I thought we would have a chance to get a good efficient run where you're expecting a little bit softer coverage. You know, they played kind of a three D uh buzz structure in that instance, but you know, they're playing it where you kinda of, kinda of keep everything in front of you and I think what you see there is a great job by Roger Saffold to get up on Earl on the second level. Todd pressed it. We secured the line of scrimmage with John and um and, and then really, you know, Todd's ability I think people you don't realize how big and explosive and fast he is, but when you get him in the open field and you just see some of the angles that he was able to erase, it was just, it was impressive. And for a guy of that size to be able to open his stride up and explode down the field like that, uh, it's why he's a special player.
0: It's a fun reflection on an offensive day that resulted in 42 points. But coming up next, how about the defense allowing just seven to Seattle and fewer than three yards per play? We'll dive in with Coach McVeigh when we come back to Cal Lutheran on ESPN LA. All right, back here at Cal Lutheran, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. It's a Week 16 edition of the Coach McVay Show on the way to Tennessee. Let's break down the defensive effort. And, you know, we do our best to find someone other than Aaron Donald to give a game ball to week after week. But it would almost be silly to start anywhere else than with 99, one of the best halves of football that anyone in the NFL has put up this year.
1: Yeah, it was special. You know, and, and really Aaron's been a special player all year. He's got 11 sacks, as an interior rusher, six in the league right now. And uh, he's he's made a lot of contributions. And a lot of those looks, that, you know, he's getting double team, He's splitting doubles, guys are sliding to him. And uh, our ability as a defense to be able to come away and sack Russell Wilson seven times was incredible. You know, Aaron gets three of those himself, and, and he had a great game. But the thing that I think was most impressive is when you look at all those sacks, five of the seven were four-man rushes with great coverage on the back end, and then the other two were five-man rushes with man coverage principles behind it. But uh, the consistent and relentless pursuit that our defense displayed all Day, uh, I think they knew what a great challenge it was going against a, a player of Russell Wilson's caliber, and and you know the way he's been playing. And, and
2: I thought they did a great job. I thought they were great rushing with reckless abandon, but keeping it tight, so there weren't many escape holes for Russell Wilson.
1: There's no doubt about it. I thought our coaching staff did a great job putting together a sound rush plan. You know, Billy Johnson does a great job with those guys up front. But uh, Wade had a great great game plan. You know, had some timely calls, and then the players' ability to execute it was the key to the game. Man. And and they did an excellent excellent job and it it was really just it was fun to watch those guys fly around and play that way good to have connor connor barwin back out there. it really was you know you talk about robert woods on offense but then getting connor back defensively veteran presence guy that's been in a bunch of big games like that the leadership he provides also the production uh, and he showed up in a variety of ways yesterday
0: one of the things we've heard wade phillips say is the in-game personnel losses are tough to compensate for just because of the active roster that you have on hand and a, a lack of time to prepare and accommodate it uh, but when he's had a shorthanded defense for an entire week, it seems he's able to completely cover or teach the guy behind what's expected. Yeah,
1: and, and I think it goes back to the preparation and the approach and then the player's ability to be able to understand and, and be able to step in and, and do a nice job stepping up in some of those opportunities. Troy Hill's another guy. You look at Coach Pleasant and Coach Evero being able to get Troy Hill ready to go uh, with some of the things where you lose Kayvon Webster. I thought he stepped up in a big way, made a handful of plays that were instrumental in us getting off the field on third down and and uh, very happy, but I, but I think it continues to demonstrate uh, the players' ability to understand and then be able to step up, but then also the coaches and, and being able to kind of teach and and
2: have those guys ready to roll. You know, lists are subjective when they start ranking players, but... When you look at LaMarcus Joyner and the way he's playing, from an offensive perspective, is there a better safety right now playing in the game? I think
1: he's playing outstanding. I think he's playing as good as anybody. When you just watch his ability to fly around, the energy, the enthusiasm that he plays with, uh, one of the things that gets you more excited than anything is watch after he forces the fumble on the third down on the first possession of the game. How excited and enthusiastic he is about what he did you know you talk about a guy that loves competing and the way that he plays uh, you know I, I, I love Lamarcus and, and I've been so pleased with what he's been able to do and I know uh, our coaches feel the same way
0: What's gotten into Robert Quinn? That was a pretty good left tackle he was going up against yesterday.
1: Really good. Robert's a pretty good rusher too. And, and I think his get off, I think his speed, you know, you just see the raw athleticism, the ability to turn and run and chase and, and pursue. He's been showing up for years, especially against Seattle when you look at how elusive Russell Wilson is. I remember even being in Washington when we'd have some crossover, like, look at this freak 94 and his ability to chase things down and pursue. And, and he's, and he's done a great job. You know, he's bought in, playing really well. It was great for him to be able to finish some of those plays yesterday and, and Robert's been a big part of the success that we've had defensively this year how about the guys in the back end unbelievable yeah. I mean they did such a great job just being able to consistently play tight coverages I thought we mixed it up really well too where you look at some of our zone principles you look at some of the man coverages it was a good mix and then they had some adjustments based on what Seattle was presenting where they get into some exotic formations some four by one some bunch sets that that are a little bit different than what you're accustomed to dealing with and and I thought the players executed in, in, a, in a lot of those sacks you know it's not just those guys up Front, but it's also a result of the coverage, and and that's where that team football thing always comes back to.
0: Talked a little bit about Corey Littleton in a previous segment, filling in nicely for Mark Barron. Uh, you gave us an injury update on Mark in these final two weeks. Is it an either or proposition with those two, or are there is there maybe room to see more Corey and Mark at the same time? Well,
1: I think our defensive coaching staff has done a good job of finding ways to creatively implement Corey in certain packages because mm-hmm. he is such a good player and can affect the game in a positive way. But with Mark, we'll have a little bit more information on on how he's feeling as the week progresses and you know mark's always been that guy just going through the year that we've typically excuse me given him those wednesdays off so i think as the week progresses we'll have a better feel but 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 the good thing is is that cory will get those reps during practice and and that will enable him to be ready to go if he needs to was
2: it just the pressure because it seemed like you completely your defense completely dismantled their offensive game plan It seemed like they just went to backyard basketball, let Russell Wilson run around and make something happen.
1: Yeah, in a lot of instances, you know, guys were winning some one-on-one matchups, and that's a good offense, too. You know, they've done a great job this year. I think Coach Bevel has an excellent system, excellent scheme, and uh, it was just a a matter of the guys did a great job executing and and forcing some of those turnovers, forcing some of the sacks by creating it with with winning individual matchups within the framework of the scheme, and I think that's what it was. The bad.
2: The touchdown that you gave up.
1: Yeah, that was just a little miscommunication in a, in a in a two safety zone principle that we had where we've got to match that vertical and and that was something that, you know, I know the guys weren't happy with, but it is something that you can look at, you can correct and, and we'll get that fixed moving forward.
0: Talk a little special teams here as well in this segment. We've seen Greg Zerline boom kickoffs through the back of the end zone almost exclusively throughout the whole year. It seemed like yesterday a slightly different approach in terms of where he was trying to drop kicks.
1: Yeah, and I think you look at the way that we were covering, you know, it was a great it was a great game plan by Bones. You know, the first kick of the game where you end up tackling and locking who's a great returner inside the 15 or right around there and uh to be able to pin those guys back and, and get them some tough field positions i thought was instrumental and and then the special teams uh, you know you can't say enough about what they've done week in and week out and mm-hmm. and the way that they've contributed and and wow what how about Farrell cooper you know what a great job he's done so uh greg zerline has been outstanding you know you can't say enough really about the entire special teams and and then there's definitely been some bright spots consistently
2: i guess you can Fairly say that he is your punt returner now
1: He is our punt yeah. returner now <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely done a great job of earning that role And, and uh, you can just watch the confidence Grow week in and week out with him He's catching the ball really clean uh, And and you know he, he's, he's kind of One of those rare guys that he's so Strong and efficient that you know he's going to get some Positive deals by being able to break tackles but then He's also demonstrated the long speed To be able to finish and, and we got on him pretty Good about the punt return that he got down to the 6 inch Yard line.
0: Did uh, Johnny Hecker's Late game uh, special teams tackle and Celebration make any film rolls today? By you know what? I,
1: I, I thought about it, but uh, good clothes. He, he, he's, he's so tough on himself that he was mad he didn't hit that one cleaner, and uh, Johnny is a, is a special athlete, he, and, and we're very glad that he's our punter, but we don't want to have to use him too much. No, great clothes on the ball, though.
0: It really yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, he's if he's not athlete,
2: there, man. that's the problem. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> uh, this is the Coach McVay Show, Week 16 edition, coming off win at Seattle, heading to Tennessee. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach, uh, Sean McVay. Uh, some of the guys who don't always get their names called but sprung key blocks uh, i think i saw bryce hager along the way Marky christian seemed to have a lot of special teams plays you know, who are some of those unsung guys on the units that uh, may go Unnoticed as we go to commercial. Yeah,
1: no, that's a great point, especially on the one where Farrow does return it inside the one yard line. You mentioned it right there. Marquis has a huge block. Bryce Hager, really smart. You talk about understand the situations, using a rip by technique that Bones coaches, and uh, given no doubt that it wasn't, de- it definitely wasn't going to be a penalty. But then, especially outside, when you look at two of their gunners are really good football players, Kevin Peterson and Mike Thomas, both one on one in those situations where we're actually going for a block there, and then if you don't get the block, it transitions to. Uh, uh, you know, what would be equivalent to kind of a sideline return uh, for us. And, and what an excellent job those guys did of being able to rally, win some one-on-ones. And, and I thought, you know, you look at, you mentioned Marquis, you mentioned Bryce Hager, and then also Kevin Peterson and Mike mm. Thomas, I thought, were some of the key, plays, key blocks that sprung it. Blake Countess is getting on the punter. So uh, a lot of great efforts right there.
0: Uh, we have a loaded Audible segment. So why don't we break early here to save room for some better questions on the other side from our audience. Your questions via social media to the head coach coming up on ESPN LA straight from you to the head coach it's a segment we call audibles DeMarco Marco Farr and JB Long with you and the head coach Sean McVay taking your questions in this segment Alfredo gets us started on social media uh, coach if you had to choose one play from Sunday's game that personifies this 2017 Rams team do you know which one it would be
1: well i think you can pick out different plays from each unit you know i think when you look at probably one of the things that, that that you that you enjoy the most when you just start offensively, I think you can really look at uh, probably the first play of the game when you talk about guys competing with and without the ball. Todd did a great job on that run where you get 14 yards, but that was a great demonstration of it takes all 11 uh, to be able to run the football efficiently. I think when you look at probably um, you know a handful of those sacks on defense, where where you just see the total team effort, great coverage on the back end, then it leads to some of the sacks up front, and then the punt return probably by farrow and the reason that i pick out those plays is because it continues to demonstrate why football is the greatest team sport there is and when everybody collectively does their job it leads to good positive
0: results and i think yesterday was a great demonstration of that for our team steve in the oc next question on audibles for sean mcveigh when seattle tried to dirty up the game and that scuffle on special teams coach it looked like you pulled the team together in a huddle and delivered a message it was caught on camera for the television audience what did you tell the team it was great to watch
1: yeah, you know, it was really more just getting them over there, kind of just regaining our composure and then just telling them how important every single person is. We can't afford to lose anybody, and, and we've got to demonstrate that that maturity and that football character that we talk about, and, and the guys responded the, the exact way that you would have wanted them to. And and it was really a conversation where, they, you know, they're saying some different things too, and uh, we understood that when things potentially could get chippy that we couldn't afford to have any of those things occur where it might lead to some things that could affect us down the road,
2: and, and the players
1: understood that. And I, and I love the way that our team responded as a whole, especially
2: defensively. A lot of my coaching friends said that might have been your best decision of the day. You know that
1: that's cool to hear. I, I thought uh, it ended up being the best. This it ended up being a good decision because the players handled it the right way and they responded accordingly. Uh, you know, you never really felt like we lost our poise ever, but it was more about just regaining our composure and understanding uh, how important every single person is uh, to try to continue to kind of go on this trajectory where we're trying to accomplish our goals. and And they understood that. And and the reason that it ends up being a good decision is because of the players' ability to handle it the right
0: way. Talking with Sean McVay in a segment we call Audibles. Your questions directly to. The- the head coach of the los angeles rams uh, gavin next up what's a good balance between scouting and self-scouting when drawing up the week's game plan. Do you try harder to exploit the other team's weaknesses or impose your own strengths?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a, it's a balance of both because uh, you certainly have specific things that you're doing to try to attack whatever an opposing defense presents, but you also want to be mindful of what have you put on tape, what are they practicing throughout the course of the week, and then how you can maybe potentially use that uh, to do some different things off of those looks that might be able to hopefully exploit some of the things defensively that they're presenting. So I think it's a delicate balance, but we spend as much time on ourselves scouting and, and kind of watching ourselves, especially offensively, as we do preparing for the defense and, and it's a combination of both, which are very, very
0: important. I've heard you describe this as designing plays that look the same but have different outcomes, and you have to kind of know what looks the same on tape to your opponent to get that outcome, That's right? That's
1: exactly right, JB. Yeah, plays that start out looking the same that are different. That's in a the philosophy that was, you know, instilled in me early on as a coach by Coach Gruden and uh, you know, the kind of the illusion of complexity being able to run the same thing out of different looks and, and and that's one of the things that our offense is predicated on that's part of our offensive philosophy and and the, and you know when you've got good players that are executing and you can kind of give a, a bunch of different things off of that I think it does make it a little bit more difficult to defend.
2: Make them prove it, but if they do, have a backup plan immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Eric Litster asks, uh, how much do the Rams
0: use analytics in play calling, both offensively and defensively?
1: I think it's more in regards to situations, uh, you know, when you want to use timeouts, different things like that. Uh, with, with regards to play calling, there's so many different elements that come into play when you're talking about 22 individuals on the field, individual matchups, uh, what defenses are playing in certain situations. So I think as far as the play calling we don't really use it as much we we are big on the preparation and what you're trying to get you know from offense defense special teams but the analytics usually comes into play more along the lines of when you would use a timeout when you would maybe go for two uh based on where you're at in the game and kind of how many points you would need based on you know whatever the the score differential is and, and different things like that that's more along the lines of where the analytics
2: comes is that into a play. voice or do you have a Card that you carry,
1: yeah. That's it. Uh, You know, you have a lot of those things. As far as some of those things, like the two point, you've got charts and and when you want to use the timeout with two minute. But then you're also in constant conversations with a lot of our coaches that have a a great understanding and expertise in the area. Bones is a guy that we we rely on heavily. Uh, You know, he does a meeting every Friday with the team that we call it the situational masters meeting. And uh, you know, so Bones has a really good feel for for a lot of those things, and and he's got a great understanding of it.
0: Uh, Mike B asks, is there anything that's proven to be more difficult than you expected in regards? to being a head coach or are there responsibilities you didn't expect to take on but you actually have found yourself doing?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I would say this. It's been an incredibly, you know, refreshing opportunity. But, you know, you continue to go back to when you got great people around you. They take a lot of the stuff off you from a stress standpoint. Uh, we've got such a great coaching staff that you can rely heavily on and, and they do such an excellent job. But I, w- I would say probably the biggest difference that I was saying to somebody else is just the amount of media that you end up doing in this role, whether it be the press conferences right after practice sitting here waiting on DeMarco to get here tonight you know uh no I'm just kidding but but those are the types of things that the NFL is such a you know uh, such a popular sport right now uh this is a great opportunity to be able to do these things but you know there's a lot of time that's allocated to it but uh when the fans are interested in it it, it's it's a positive problem but it's fun though right i, I enjoy mean, it you yeah. know I, after wins it's a lot more fun to come do this show with you guys uh than when i'm not feeling so good like i was last month yeah,
0: especially for us yeah <laughs> so far 10 up four down Derek kettner asks uh, what does the team need to do to avoid a letdown over the next two weeks after a dominating performance against seattle
1: we need to consistently approach every single day like we've tried to do throughout the course throughout the whole regular season already and that's uh one day at a time uh, we need to have a, a great week of, of preparation, we need to have a great approach, and hopefully that'll lead to a good performance. But we talked about it today, Uh, you know, after an emotional game like that was, uh, a lot of times there's there's somewhat of a letdown just based on how you feel uh, after a game like that, but uh, what we have at stake, what there is to play for. I certainly don't anticipate that from our players. And then I think when you look at the maturity that they've demonstrated with their ability to both respond and then handle some of the wins uh, has been exactly what we want. And, and we know it's going to take a great week of preparation to go get that win.
0: He's Sean McVay. I'm JB along with a Super Bowl champion, DeMarco Farr. This is the Coach McVay Show, and this is our segment called Audibles where fans get to ask questions directly to the head coach. Uh Robert Schaefer up next, Sean. Uh, he asks, if it had rained, in seattle would you have worn a hat on the sideline he would like to get you a rams hat for christmas he volunteers really
1: he must not like my hairstyle uh i probably it it depends on uh, how wet my hair got you know maybe i'd throw it on but more than likely probably wouldn't have uh the only time you'll see me with a hat on is if i need a haircut or it's really cold that i just need it to to be warmer
0: you do have good connections for Rams apparel, though, outside of Robert, if necessary. I think necessary. so. Jimmy
1: Lake and those guys do a great job of, of, fit me, uh, of fitting us as an entire staff very nicely and got
2: a lot of options in that locker room as well. That is a top ten question there. I've never heard one yeah, of those. Yeah, we try to mix it
0: up a little bit because you get a few yeah. like these, which we've tackled before. But, uh, Biggs, I think it's relevant for an upcoming game against San Francisco, so we'll ask it. How much more difficult is it to game plan and call a game against a divisional opponent like Seattle who has seen you before?
1: Yeah, it's different because you know you always have to be aware of what you did the first time, uh, but you know, anytime you know, whether it be Arizona or when we when we play San Francisco the second time, uh, it's a great opportunity to try to use some things to your advantage, and then understand that uh, if you do want to try to do some of the same, then you got to dress it up in a different way so that you're not so predictable. But it provides a great challenge, and and just like any week, really every week provides such a great challenge going against the great coaches and players in this league. But anytime you see somebody twice, it, it always provides. Uh, even greater challenge just because of what's already
2: previously occurred. How much do head coaches rely on leadership coming from the locker room? Like, have you ever been in a moment where you're ready to give a team speech, but it seems like the players have beat you to it?
1: I, th- I think when you've got the right kind of guys like we do, you know, we always talk about empowering our leaders and, and it's not just, you know, it doesn't always have to come from the coaches. I think some of the best and most impactful things oftentimes do come from the players. Yeah. A great example yesterday, you'd probably be embarrassed I say this, but you have a, you know, you, you bring the team up, really congratulate them on a, on a job well done yesterday. And then, uh, Andrew Whitworth had a couple words that I thought really resonated with the players, uh, in our locker room as a whole. And it was such a timely feel that he had to be able to say something, uh, the players respond it the right way and, and when you have special leaders like you do with an Andrew Whitworth uh, you definitely want to continue to empower those guys and understand that it's not just from a coaching standpoint that the leadership has to come but it's both coach and player driven.
0: Uh, Final one in Audibles. And Mike has the honors. He asks, how much has the Bill Walsh book, Finding the Winning Edge, influenced you as a person and head coach?
1: Finding the Winning Edge, you know, it, it's, it's a book that you, you know, is a great reference guide in terms of all the different things that Bill did such a great job of, of, of really, it's almost kind of like a, here's how to do it, uh, where every single thing in there. I think a lot of the things that really have even influenced, you know, some of the philosophies that we have here more than anything are just some of his books like, uh, you know, where he really talks about his journey, draws on those experiences and and how he did things. But the Finding the Winning Edge is definitely something that we refer to quite often, and and it's been a great resource for me and, and really, you know, Our coaching staff, when you look at the experience we have with certain guys like Wade Phillips, but uh have a huge amount of respect for Coach Walsh and the way that he did some things, and, and we definitely implement a lot of things from it.
0: Our thanks, as always, to Sean McVay for taking the questions from the audience and for you for submitting them on social media. We appreciate it. Good questions all around. We'll take our final break here and turn our attention to the Titans. Coming up next on ESPN LA. Alright, welcome back to Thousand Oaks with DeMarco Farr, JB Long, and the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVeigh. We're at the Rams facility and wishing everyone a happy holiday season. The Rams are going to be playing their week 16 game on Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas everyone as well. Sean, any Christmas memories from your household growing up? Anything that stands out tradition wise? Uh,
1: you know, I think just being able to spend that time with your family is something that you truly cherish and value. And i uh, been so fortunate to grow up, you know, with, with a great mom and dad and, and a little brother. And uh, I think just any opportunity that we got to really just spend some time together is something that you always cherish so a lot of good memories in those days how about this present your next two opponents
2: just played each other
1: that'd be nice yeah Yeah, no, it it ends up being a good film to be able to watch, a lot lot of good things that you can kind of draw on, but uh, it's going to be a great challenge, and we'll see if we can go get this one next week.
0: Yeah, the 49ers handed the Titans their second consecutive loss, 25-23. Tennessee had a rough West Coast swing at Arizona at San Francisco. The one thing you know about the Titans is they're going to be playing in desperation mode. This is a must-win from their standpoint.
1: Yeah, it really is, and and, you know, it's a must-win from our standpoint as well, so it's going to be a great opportunity to go to a tough atmosphere, tough environment against a very very, uh, very good football team. Uh, they've won a lot of games. They, they do a lot of different things offensively. They pre- present a lot of good ways to be able to run the football and creatively attack people. And then defensively, you know, you look at Coach LeBeau and the success that he's
2: had throughout the course of his career. Got a lot of great rushers up front, so it's going to be a great challenge for us. I'm excited for that matchup there, right there. Uh, Marcus Mariota coming out of college. What do you think? I thought he was an
1: outstanding college player. You know, you just look at the athleticism, always had a nice poise about himself, loved the way that he carried himself and the way his teammates responded to him. Unbelievable athlete, and, and then I think he's demonstrated that it translates to the NFL where he can beat you with his arm, he can beat you with his legs, and, and
0: he's a special player. Quite a run of mobile quarterbacks that you're on in terms of taking on Opposing signal callers.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and and I think it it's, it serves us well to to be able to kind of take when you go from Carson Wentz to Russell Wilson and now Marcus Mariota. Uh, there's some similarities, and you always talk about the integrity of the rush lanes and making sure that you don't let those guys break contain, uh, unless it's you know you know on some of those specific plays. And I thought we did a great job yesterday against uh, arguably a guy that's playing at MVP level. You know, in Russell Wilson, and and we know it'll be a great challenge against Marcus Mariota this week. Guys like Delaney Walker are always a problem. Delaney Walker is one of the most underrated players in this league. I think he's a great tight end. I've been a big fan of his even going back to when he and Vernon Davis were playing together in San Francisco and doing all those different things the year that they went to the Super Bowl. And then you watch uh, what he's done from a production standpoint since he's been in Tennessee. Uh, he is always one of the top producing tight ends in this league. He can run routes attached to the core. He can do some things outside. You know, I mean, he, he can run all the routes. He's got great consistent hands. I think Delaney's a very, very good football player.
0: The running game is pretty strong, pretty it, It
1: really is. And, you know, when you look at it, they've got a quarterback that can run the football. You look at DeMarco Murray, what he's done, you know, really has has done an excellent job there. And then Derrick Henry has a load as well. So they've got three guys that can beat you. And and those two backs are are very special. And I think Coach Malarkey does an excellent job of kind of fitting his schemes to his player skill sets. And he's always done a great job running the football wherever he's been
2: defensively pretty aggressive come after you type d yeah you know they are
1: and, and they've got great guys that can get home and you know brian Arakpo is really a, a very good rusher Jerome casey's one of the better interior linemen in this league and and you know i've always thought that eric walden and you look at morgan coming off the edge those guys are really really good football players that have consistently affected offenses and disrupted a lot of things especially in the past game as rushers so it's going to be a great challenge you know they're a really tough defense they do they do attack you in a variety of ways and, and coach lebeau is one of the best to do it so uh, awesome opportunity for us
0: final regular season road trip we hope there's another one in the postseason potentially but uh, sean your group has traveled the most miles in the national football league this year you've come away with some tremendous wins what is it about the group that enables them to endure what really has been a grueling stretch? I mean, physically and mentally, this is not easy.
1: Yeah, I think they do a great job of kind of just, you know, controlling what we can control. And then I also think it's a credit to Reggie, Ted, uh, those guys and, and their ability to be able to put in sound play, sound plans in terms of how we travel, how we get, the, get our sleep, get their rest. Uh, and everything that we do, we try to be intentional about. The players are bought in, uh, and I think you know they've demonstrated a, a very mature approach to how we travel, and, and the results have shown.
2: When you uh, we always say, like talking about the playoffs, talking about things beyond the playoffs are taboo. I mean, are they still taboo after ten wins? talking about that as a team.
1: Uh, yeah, it is because until you get that 11th win and win a division, we're not in the playoffs yet. So I think we know that, you know, every single thing that I think this team has done is they just take it one game at a time. Uh, and we know that if this next game we take care of our business, now you can start talking about that because, because it becomes a reality. But until then, all we have is a two game division lead with two left. And we know that, uh, our next win will result in, in a division championship. And that's our only focus right now. And, and if we're able to get that, uh, then you worry about what's after that.
0: One of the thought about being on the road, and that is uh, the celebrations that we've seen be it in New York or in Seattle that your players have had on the sideline with Rams fans who travel or who happen to live in those cities. I've been impressed this season at what a strong base the Rams have, and I think it's a testament to the exciting brand of football you've brought here to Los Angeles. There's a lot of Cooper Cup jerseys in Seattle. There's girly jerseys everywhere. Uh, Do you notice that? Do you have time to relish some of those moments late in the game where your sideline is turning around and recognizing the fans who support them away from home?
1: You know, I I, I, I think it's great that we've got loyal fans that travel well, and and I think it's a a great job by the players to be able to put on an exciting brand of football, and then for them to acknowledge those guys in some of those situations Mm -hmm. that we've been fortunate to be in at the end of the game, but I really haven't noticed that too much, but uh, we've got a great group of guys in that locker room, great players that that really do appreciate and value uh, our loyal fans, and and being able to consistently support them, I know it means a lot.
2: Did you get all your Christmas shopping done yet? (laughs) Not yet? Not yet. Not yet. I mean,
1: we're getting close. We're getting very close. Yeah, very
2: close. Like, Like today, you need to finish this today Let's hope <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode taped before
0: the uh, pro bowl announcements were made, but we expect to see a lot of uh, Rams names on them when they do coach, generically speaking, can you address what those honors mean for the individuals and the groups they represent? Yeah,
1: I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, is one of the things that, you know, our players really value is, is the team. And uh, we've had a lot of great individual success within the framework of their units. And uh, anytime that a, that a player is rewarded with something like that, it's a great demonstration of the respect they have from their peers and, and what they've been able to do from a production standpoint, but uh, all those guys that hopefully will be recognized know that it's a result of of our team, and and, and we got a lot of guys that are worthy candidates, and uh, you're very happy for them if you know if we get some of those guys in
2: happy for the guys that are in and disappointed for the guys that should be in.
1: Yeah. You know, especially as a coach, you know, you're always going to want to see your players, nothing but the best for them and, and then to achieve that success. And, uh, there's, there's inevitably always a couple guys that you probably feel like are deserving that maybe don't get the opportunity to do that, but they know how appreciated they are in this building and how important, uh, they've been to our success. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, Sean, thank you for spending this hour with us. As always, congratulations on a milestone win for this franchise in Seattle, and good luck cashing it in and making it count the rest of the way. Yeah, that'd be big. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Sean McVay for DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Trojan Live follows us here on ESPN LA. This has been the Coach McVay Show from Thousand Oaks and Cal Lutheran.